thethingmedia.com. The network, oh, without constraints. Little bit of a rough entry coming here because of the random mid conversation cut last week, but we are back with part two of that wrong term UFO podcast. Andy, what about the um, the, the evidence against it? The debunkers, we'll, we'll call them, right? Now, LRI said, I'm not an expert in military tech, and I know you're not an expert. Maybe I'm underestimating you here. You're not an expert in physics and maths and shit like that, but there's one of the videos is a sort of the go fast video or that was on 60 Minutes, I think. There's been articles published in, say, um, on blogs or even American Scientific that, like, They've applied what they would term simple trigonometry to figure out that this go fast thing wasn't going fast. Like, what is your? Again, it's a really difficult question for I suppose you to answer. What would be your your counter to the debunkers out there that seem to be debunking basically? Or trying to, yeah. So again, it goes back to that context piece that, in isolation, a lot of those videos you have to just look at and go, that could be anything. And yes, it could just be anything, right? The Especially with the GoFast, what we're seeing with these three videos, and if people go and look them up, you can see them on the, um, we didn't even talk about To The Stars Academy and what that was and stuff like that, which I'm slightly glad of, given some of the, given it was one of the former members of Blink-182 that created it, and it just oh, changes yeah. the conversation, right, a little bit. But it, it's legitimate, and it's what Luella's on doing, Chris Mellon were a part of at the start, um, but they've moved away from it. They they helped release these videos, so they can look at the gimbal, go faster, tic-tac, right? And any of them, it, it's a piece of the video. It's only, I think, anything from 10 to 30 seconds worth of actual footage in each one. And the go fast one, you're looking at the... Uh, the object just sitting, is that the one you're talking about? And the, the lock goes on it, and then it appears to shoot off to the left-hand side. Aye, so, like, it, it, it would appear to be going dead fast, but, like I say, people have seemed to have used a bit of super mass or whatever and, and sort of debunked it. So are you, is the argument there that they're only releasing the stuff that people can debunk? Because if they released it now it would blow cunt's mind. Yes, right, yes. So, and that's that That could be wrong. However, again, it goes back to that, the technology they have got, and this is the whole thing of people going, ah, but look at the shitty cameras on these $100 million jets, right? No, this is the cameras they let you see that they've got, okay? And again, some of the stuff's 11 o'clock at night trying to track stuff that's actually quite far away and they can't actually see with the naked eye sometimes and it's an infrared and all that kind of stuff, right? So it's all context, but... The videos, there are longer portions of the videos, right? This is what got released, and they've released stuff, I believe, that's just ambiguous enough that it could be anything, but there was a reason it was classified in the first place. If I think, personally, of the three, the most interesting one that is has been attempted to be debunked, but it's just nonsense, is the, the gimbal video, where you hear the pilots talking about how there's an object flying along, they say it's going against the wind, and then the object appears to rotate, and then mm-hmm. the video cuts off. So they stop it there. Now, as it rotates, it basically slows down in midair at a height of wherever it's at. The pilots who are watching it basically say, this thing's going against the wind. And if you're not a trained observer or you're not an expert, like I'm not in that kind of stuff, but these guys are going, 
you can't fly like that. That shouldn't be going that speed. And the fact that it was going so slow. So obviously when you're on a commercial flight, you're used to, you need to get to a certain speed to stay in the air. They're watching things just bobbing along sometimes that that shouldn't be going that speed without getting blown blown away or falling at the sky. And then you see the object kind of slows down to almost a stop and then just kind of turns like that on its side and the video cuts off. So again, there's there's other sections of that video that can be still a little bit, oh, that's interesting, no doubt that it's turning in midair. But if you then see that thing go off at a rate of speed, that's a different conversation because people then start asking the question. But if you cut the video off before that point, it leaves that ambiguity, doesn't it? That ah, it could be this and it could be that, or that that's where I think you're right, that they're just leaving enough to get the conversation going. Mm. Lou Elizondo and Chris Mellon, who got these videos declassified and in the public domain, knew what they were doing. They managed to get out what they could and declassify what they could to get the conversation started to the point they've now got it in the mainstream on 60 minutes after three and a half years, which is not bad. That's like starting a podcast in your shed and being on 5 million views after a couple of years or getting a Spotify contract. You know, well, it's, 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 a, it's a, the, big, a big leap. Again, with the, the debunking, we are not scientists, but the, the gimbal one, again, I've read um, that it kind of can be explained by like just the camera, yeah, like changing mode or flicking or something, and then yeah, the, it's actually named after the the gimbal mechanism, the rotation, yes, the rotation. The rotation so, of, because, yeah, so can I just say, and aye. you made a thing, you, you made a statement before about you know we're no experts, right? Aye. You know the main debunker of that video, his aye. expertise was he does his name's Mick West. He designed uh, or was part of the design team for Tony Hawk's Two in the PlayStation, right? <laughs> so what you now have is a guy whose expertise is designing video games coming out and applying a base knowledge of stuff and saying that pilots are lying that mm. these guys didn't see what they saw and that the very small section of the video could be explained now i've seen the videos that they've put online of the objects not rotating but if anyone watches that with a naked eye regardless of the the rotation being exaggerated because of that gimbal mechanism mm. that object rotates the Is pilots it? also also watching it on radar because they couldn't see that with their naked eye uh, and you hear in the audio he says there's a whole fleet of them I heard look that, on the ASA right? mm-hmm. so the pilot Ryan Graves you can follow him on Twitter he's just come on he was on 60 Minutes um, he's just came on social media as well he put on a six thread tweet talking about a little bit more detail saying how the object you see on camera was actually had a, a wedge formation in front of it of I think it was five or seven other objects flying in a triangle this thing was behind them. He then talks about how that's where he said there's a whole fleet of them, so they mm-hmm. could see multiple contacts of these things, but again, what you see in the video is a very small, isolated bit of footage. See this then, um, debunker? Sorry. Yeah. Um, was he Mick West? Aye. See, I think I watched one of his videos the other day with uh, the good triangles that have been sort of... That, that I've only recently seen myself. Um, I don't know how long ago they came out the green triangle thing, but it was released a couple of weeks ago. It's a video of 2019 from the USS Omaha, right, so, I believe. Um, again, he he sort of managed, again, he's applying a base knowledge, but he managed to apply that base knowledge to get the same footage, basically, using a camera. 
like just yeah. a camera with a triangular lens or whatever that creates this bulky. Uh, tri- it's uh, called aye, yeah. So if <laughs> a guy that worked in Tony Hawk's can literally cut a bit out of cardboard and create that footage quite simply, then again, it just seems like. To- that's totally different though to debunking what happened on the night recreating something that looks similar Aye. what you're saying is and yes he, he does recreate it like what he does is get a green looking triangle to appear given the light refraction or whatever how it works right uh-huh. however what he didn't have was him and a crew on board uh, a US a US Navy vessel where commercial airlines don't fly over right because these areas are cordoned off he also got the the distances totally messed up as well, where the the team that filmed it, again, it's through like a night vision scope, right? The team weren't just out there looking through their night vision scopes at the sky and managed to film a green triangle, right? They were out there because they were they're called a Snoopy team. They were sent out on deck because there were objects picked up on the ship's systems. So again, billion-dollar war vessels don't look and go, there's a Boeing 747 and mistake it for a UFO, right? That doesn't happen. They were sent out because something was hovering very slowly over the ship. So they then went out and you get the very small bit of footage from the infrared camera, okay? It was reported, eyewitness only, but the people on board that it was like pyramid-shaped, right? Which got a lot of people talking. However, what you see in the footage is a flat triangle. Yeah, you can create that with triangle apertures and cameras and stuff, Mm -hmm. but that's that's not what happened on the night. So there's no context of the situation that they were sent out because the systems on board picked that up. They didn't just see, go and go and have a look and see if there's anything in the sky. That's that's not what happened. So it's the context of what actually happened. No, okay, okay. I just, again, I just feel like, um, apart from, I would, Apart from that big massive fucking one you were talking about with like ten thousand people, I mean, that's a bit wacky. That one, I can kind of like think to myself, right, that that is bizarre. If ten thousand people, like I've heard a mass delusion, but that not affecting that many people in one specific area for um, that amount of time. So that one is about the only one that really would get my juices flowing. To be perfectly honest with you, because a lot of the time it just seems to boil down to a couple of eyewitness stories and again what's to say me you and Colin could sit and make up a fucking story and you would you would have it right like I know that these cunts are the best pilots ever fucking or that the, they can drive big the big billion dollar fucking ships and that's that doesn't mean that you you can't make stuff up or really add any credence to your arguments and your your stories when it's such a small niche amount of, of people at a time. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, Colin, bit, I, of a, Colin. bit of an assumption with the, the niche amount of people because on board these vessels you've got hundreds of people, right? So and they're all they of are, them saying the same thing? But they're not all coming forward, are they? But again, what, oh. what you're looking at, and what I've got to say, because I'll just be honest, like, and what you're getting at is, is it possible that the the US government and the Navy and the Air Force are encountering objects that they're actually massively misidentifying, misinterpreting various different systems they've got, different levels of artificial intelligence and technologies and stuff, getting it wrong, and then potentially along the way testimonies being made up. It's then being classified. 
hidden away and then eventually parts of it are declassified and put on Fox News and CNN? Maybe. But that's that's just me being no, honest. No, but I wasn't getting at the point that, that like um, testimony was getting suppressed. That's not what I was really. That's not what I was really getting at. Could they just be the Chinese? Like maybe they've just got fucking really super. <laughs> oh, super do you know what? I would be all for that. People going, ah, do you know what? This is human technology, and this stuff is there, and it's Russian or Chinese or whatever Scottish, right? Scottish military has got involved in it. Mm-hmm. Stefan was Scottish. <laughs> Honestly. Can, can you imagine the lot we've got in charge trying to fucking do something like this? <laughs> Some white tic tac flying about Mary Hill. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, uh, sat nav sat nav's broke. Um but it's wh- where did it come from then? How have we now got technology that doesn't require any it's called like positive lift? So normally when you've got thrust, you watch Tesla's uh, Starlink stuff taking off and everything, right? It's amazing to watch, but you see the thrust still required to push off the ground. Mm-hmm. You've got this stuff performing in ways that our technology can't. So if it's Chinese or Russian, how have they suddenly... What they've went is they've not went from an iPhone to an iPhone 2, an iPhone 3, an iPhone 4. I know they weren't called that, by the way, Colin. Uh, <laughs> onto your, your various different iPhones working their way through up. What they've went is from, from a Nokia 3310 to an iPhone 7004, right? That's the level of technology, the leaps were going here. And again, guys like Chris Mellon and Sean Cahill sat on CNN uh, last week on an interview uh, from, I think it was Gov- the Governor Cuomo. He's It's Cuomo Prime, it's called, the kind of hard-hitting news piece again, um, depending on your American politics, how you would look at it. But that seeing the technology we're seeing is at least 100 to 1,000 years estimated advanced to what we have. So if it is Russian or Chinese, where does that leap in physics come from? And also, let's then again say it's Russian or Chinese. Why do you not just fly a load of these, given the speeds they can go over the major cities of America with nuclear bombs on board and go, right, you literally can't do anything against our military now? Because that would that you'd give military superiority, wouldn't you? So you would win day three that are always fighting. That would be it. So why would you why would you hide that technology? Because it's it's your end game, isn't it? And maybe why would, maybe, um, maybe that is already up there, and that's why we're not out of World War Three yet. Maybe it's already there above us. We just don't know. Well, obviously, you heard that the US having the Space Force a couple of years ago that came out around the exact same time Netflix put the Steve Carell um, program on, right? Which is actually worth a watch. It's a it's a kind of good laugh. It's an easy watch. But the US have their own Space Force, which is you know they're talking about space being the next potential strategic uh, they never said battlefield right but it was like next strategic space to to conquer and command right but then you've got china and russia a few months ago coming out and saying they're going to build a base on the moon together who's um who's the american space force like what what are nasa doing so the, the space force are the, a new branch of the military in america Right, okay, okay. This isn't made up, by the way. No, this no, I've got, I, 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 no, I'm not <laughs> sure people might fucking make I, no, no. I'll just, keep, I, I just might be ask, like, yeah. who are the Space Force then? If NASA, are, they're a billion dollar, whatever, they, however much money they're spending, so they're getting all that money, all that stuff, they're, gone in, they're gone to Mars. Um, NASA are exploring space, and they're doing it very slowly and badly, which is why Elon Musk seems to be overtaking them at leaps and bounds, and why NASA are now paying him for his ships because what he's managing to do in a couple of years is just overtaking them but that's exploratory whereas the space force is like a military branch and and what is what is their end game if they're a military branch because all the military i suppose are there for is to um go to war star wars in it 
dominance in space. So again, it's going to be technologies, no doubt, that they're going to have up there. And that's where they can go into different conspiracy stuff and they're going to have like space stations. And do you know what? I would say to anyone, go and watch the, the Netflix thing, Space Force. It's a comedy, right? But I imagine it's scarily close to the truth. And they talk about fighting like the Chinese on the moon and like moon bases and stuff and how the Chinese ones like shit hot and the American ones awful. Whereas the Chinese ones like a big hotel and it's like, but that's, you don't know what's up there. And that's what that's kind of getting at. And now you legitimately have space forces. And again, Colin, you were saying about Trump being the president that would have talked about it all. That's another thing he was part of setting up was the space force. Would um, would you be up for getting up there, Andy? Would you be one of the people on the, one of the first commercial flights that was available? Not a fucking chance. I don't like flying, let alone... If you put me in something that's far ahead of what we've got now, technology-wise, then yes, but on that something that's got all the rockets behind us, nah, not a chance. That amazes me that you're so into this and you wouldn't go up there. That's mad. If you could put us on a legitimate like craft that didn't use rocket fuel or something, that wouldn't blow up on us, then I. But uh, yeah... I'm, I'm not a great flyer as it is, but I wouldn't fancy. Let's yeah. see those astronauts sitting on top of the shuttles and <laughs> unbelievable what it takes. But they sent that, a monkey up once, thing, didn't they? See they, on they, sent, the they sent a monkey up once, and it had uh, it controlled the space the space station or the spacecraft with a like a banana dispenser button. Apparently, oh, I remember hearing that in Carol a podcast. Oh, listen, Carol Pilkington, you fucking geese piece monkey news man. That's about that's about twenty year old man. That just uh, to turn left, press button for banana. <laughs> oh, that poor wee dog. It set up the wee, the wee Russian dog. Yeah. It just set up there and let it die. <laughs> did, 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 it, what, did it just disintegrate that dog or did it just never come home and just start, starve to death? I imagine it just starved to death and ran out of oxygen. Hell. Like, yeah. So, like, another, another thing, I suppose, would be the SETI, um, which is it NASA? Or running mm. that or whatever. No, the search for extraterrestrial. And so who's running that? So so the, the pumping we've been pumping that out there for years now, trying to get a feedback, I suppose, in inverted commas. Would it no kinda make sense? I suppose this is from a human perspective, I suppose then. Would it no make sense for again, gonna call them aliens, would it no make sense for them to try that first as well? Like for their side of things, or again is the technology you just you just don't know because that would seem like a basically a shortcut for them would be pump it something like that rather than getting in the fucking motor and, and driving there. And so we'll we'll go with the assumption that we're talking about aliens are on other planets then, right, and not necessarily that stuff's already here or different realities, all that kind of stuff, right? And you're you're trying to talk mm. to them. So again, it's like it's like throwing throwing a grain of sand in the beach and trying to find it again like because you're, you're shouting out in one direction with a really basic form of communication hmm. and seeing if it hits something how do we know if it's really getting that far how do we know we're, sh- we're aiming in the right direction how do we know that it's no getting somewhere and it's being ignored how do you know it's not hitting a planet that's not that advanced yet maybe it's hitting a planet so far advanced that they're not even looking at like radio frequencies anymore do you know what i mean you're assuming there's something on the other end receiving it um and and then what would they use to make that kind of communication? Yeah, if you're looking at, you ever heard of the wow signal? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so obviously the wow signal for anyone listening was um, we received a signal on one of the satellite uh, 
relay places it picks this stuff up uh, was it the 80s or the 70s sorry if I can't, I can't remember the exact time and basically it was you're looking at all this code and this line of code came through that would appear to be a signal and it's called the wow signal because the guy circled the bit and wrote wow next to it mm-hmm. because shit that's something really different something came through for a second imagine tuning a really static radio and just as you're flicking through you hear a glimpse of a voice it lost that's essentially aye that's a say ah, yeah lie. that's essentially what they got Same in a bit of paper yep there's two lost references was it no uh, was it no a fucking pigeon landing on a like satellite or something that they figured it out did they know no 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 it wasn't a microwave being used in the office or that bollocks that thing he'd like how do you know not with well, that equipment so I've heard that, that it. it was something like that. So I've heard that, and you've heard it's no. So whose um, whose point of view is more valid? There, I'm just going with a scientist that got it at the time and know the Wikipedia article that got checked. Like that's that's there's a lot of stuff online that's going to say that's not true. But what was the source? There's a lot of stuff read? online that's going to say that is true. Aye, but the, the actual scientists at the time came out and were like, so again, just because somebody posts it down the line, it was actually a pigeon that landed on the roof. And then, but that's what happens. These things become fact because people read them. But if a guy comes out who's flying a plane and says, "I seen a fucking spaceship," and that, what, 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 that's so that's yeah, good point. Because what it goes back to is you're saying, and what you are saying is like the experts are getting it wrong. So I'm just going with the guys that picked up that signal the first time, knew that it was in the microwave. Because do you know what would have happened? <clears throat> that would have happened before. And and why is like? And it never happened again. Why is there? Your, your scientific journals. Hello, friends. Colin here. The looks, the charm, and the brains behind Drunk Term Memory. Just wanted to pop in and interrupt your listening pleasure to let you know about our Patreon and some changes that we've made to it recently. We've now introduced a £1 tier where you get absolutely hee haw, other than the sense of achievement that could only come from supporting two great guys like myself and Jack. We've also reduced the price of the two top tiers uh, by a pound on each of them just because we appreciate life is a little bit shit just now and uh, if we can make things a little bit better for people then we will so check us out at patreon.com forward slash wrong term memory and you'll be able to get early access to shows ad free and lots of bonus content things like american scientific and stuff like that you've got um world-renowned scientists writing for them. Why have none of these or <laughs> the more of them came out with backing this stuff up where a lot of them are just saying, look, in the sense of is a life out there, then yeah, probably. But they, they, they don't seem to, is it they don't want to admit it or are they sort of suppressing stuff? Like why is it not? I don't know how many articles have been published in science or American Scientific or whatever backing this stuff up. Do you know what I mean? Because it's still that it's still the stigma, and this is what I'm talking about when I talk about Lou and Chris Mellon and stuff like that, getting this stuff out there and them now finally getting to a point where they've got a mainstream eye on it, they can start to have that conversation because it's still the piss take of green men and aliens. So I interviewed Avi Loeb. He's a astrophysicist at Harvard, right. so I, th- I take it we're quite happy when an astrophysicist at Harvard's done a bit of work in his time and a pretty serious guy and knows what he's talking about. Yeah. So he he's came out and basically an object that passed through our solar system um, 
one of the first objects actually was picked up by by kind of telescopes and whatnot. It was called Oumuamua, and one of the issues with Oumuamua was it was the the seat the artist interpretation of it we don't have pictures of this thing it was passing through our solar system right so obviously it's picked up via different instruments and they, they work out how big it is how far away it is how it's traveling and whatnot it was coming through our solar system but accelerating mm-hmm. right. and avi loeb has made the point that this given a lot of the characteristics which he wrote about in his book and he's trying to get papers published uh reported that this could be something we need to look at as one of the first like extraterrestrial visitors this could be like an alien probe passing through that's just a way off of earth but you know that like we're sending stuff up like voyager this could be something like that or it could be a massive craft it could it could be all different things he doesn't just think given a lot of different characteristics it's a chunk of rock that was passing through the solar system right he's had the piss taken up by all his colleagues for this there's a video online just now where he's on like a zoom meeting with a load of other very respected scientists and whatnot and one of them on the video has a go at him for talking about aliens but this is a guy at harvard who's going look i'm just saying if you look at this but they just don't want to have the conversation so again there's an expert with his own peers who are just totally they don't want to look at it they don't want to investigate it it's easier just to say no that's bollocks but if again it just if the right that this is sort of um, a fallacious argument for myself that the sort of vast majority of people. But I, again, with you've got that one astrophysicist saying saying that, and very uh, yeah, he is he's right. And if the scientific community is that piss takey and like cunty, basically, like that, you can't come out with. Um, Fact-based. We're not going to call them theories because obviously that it's not a theory. It's a what's the word for it? Before a theory, you know, there's fucking theories. Laws. Hypothesis. Ah, it's a hypothesis, right? So if you can't come up with that hypothesis in, in the scientific community, that that's that is maybe a little bit shit. But at the same time, are all the other scientists? Is it just the stigma that's stopping them doing it? It can't just be that. The stigma attached to it stops um, all the astrophysicists or more of them grouping together or do you think that's yeah. going to come in time that there'll be a bunch of them go ah, fuck it let's let's go out and we will we will be as one and prove it or, or show it or is the scientific community that scared of getting called a fanny that they're not going to come out and back back their peers up yeah, partly. So you're right. If you go back to when, was it Galileo? I might get that badly wrong here, trying to look intelligent, but talked about the Earth revolving around the sun and not us being the centre of the universe. Mm-hmm. And scientists all the time laughed at that because it's fucking stupid, isn't it? Of course we're the centre of the universe. And then it turns out we're not at all, right? As you say, we're very insignificant where we sit out there. So science gets stuff wrong and then eventually has to change and adapt as new evidence comes to light. So we're, we're at a tip, you, you kind of think we're at a, a tipping point almost then that I, I'm all for it. Like I'm all for science. I'm all for getting results and being able to prove them over and over and over again. That's how you get to a fucking a theory and a law. Like, I'm 100%, 100% against it. You think we're just at that time now where we've got 
the the guy you mentioned there from Harvard, he is the modern day Galileo or fucking whatever you know. No, because there's 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 others and guys like uh, Michio Kaku had to just double uh, check. He's a theoretical physicist. Mm-hmm. Um, he's uh, has educations Harvard, California, Berkeley, and he is a professor at City of New York College as well. Yeah. He's he's been really outspoken in this subject for years. Um, you probably know his face if you saw him, Michio Kaku. But yeah, yeah, again, I've seen him on now. He put himself out there, but he's so intelligent and intellectual he can have the conversation. So there has been others. And I do think it's a bit of a tipping point potentially for me. A lot of it's going to, by the end of next month, when this task force report comes out, people are going to be disappointed that it doesn't come out and say, we know what aliens are or where they come from, right? What I want that task force, task force report to have, and it does, there's potential it might get delayed a few months. Um, people at Loyola Zondo want it delayed because they think they've been a bit hamstrung and had their hands tied behind their back doing it. Um, the head of it changed during the course of it and stuff as well. So if you want to look at your conspiracies about making things difficult, that happened. Um, I would like that report to come out and say, look, here's the potentials that these objects are a foreign adversary that has leapt us massively when it comes to technology. It could be a new phenomena that were a weather phenomenon or that bollocks, right? Or just to have a bullet point that says this could be something, i.e. non-human or another intelligence, right? And in all likelihood, that's what we're going to get by September. I'm hearing that as well from the community that that's going to be part of that assessment. And if the US government comes out with a report that says, look, there's a potential some of this stuff isn't from here, that blows open that conversation. And see, at that point, you then get, okay, what are we going to do about it? That's the point that report has to have a conclusion and that conclusion ideally is we set up a task force for UAP studies permanently and we fund it and we get scientists on this properly. None of the bullshit anymore, none of the stigma. Let's go and find out what this stuff is. No $22 million budgets. Let's put a few hundred million dollars. Let's put a few billion dollars into this because is there something else out there? Is there something trying to communicate with us? Is there a technology that we just don't have access to that makes us look like we're back in the Stone Age? Or do you know what? We find out something else, but that that's going to be one of the greatest discoveries in in humankind, regardless what we find out. Do you think when's that due, Andy? When's when's that due? Uh, by the end of June, I want to say the twenty fifth of June. And are you are you allowing yourself to get excited by it, or do you think you're going to end up disappointed? By what they say or what they don't say, what realistically, how do you think it's going to go? Not not what's it going to say, but do you think you're going to be satisfied? I think we'll get either when the report comes out or slightly after. I think we'll get an assessment that has a few ideas of what this might be, and I think one of those bullet points is going to be non-human intelligence, i.e., something else. It's huge if that happens. If, that, they, that if something comes out and says that, that's huge. That's. Do you think we're creating a sort of? Um, sort of black and white thinking, but like a, maybe like we just done a thing on fallacies, uh, I listened, yeah. a false dichotomy here where there's only there's only two options, which yep. like one of them is it's humans or it's not aliens and the other one is it is aliens very very simplistically is what do you think there's any there's got to be something in in between there, no, and is that in between the the more theoretical side of physics, the the string theory, the alternate universes? Is there something in the middle, or is it is it black and white? Is it fucking green guys 
again, I've been a bit of a dick there. Is it green guys or no green guys? I, I think no, I think I think you're right in what you were saying. Um there's probably green guys out there somewhere. Um but I think what we're, we're looking at, I asked Lou Elizondo, right, who's, who's far more articulate than me. He made a comment once in an interview when he just came out that Again, he's he's a guy with a security clearance and an NDA and all that kind of stuff, right? And he can't just come out and say what he knows, right? So he's very much trying to push study and scientific study and analysis for what this stuff might be. Uh, and he made a comment that people should think, what if it wasn't mankind, but mankind's? So what does it, and he basically went, uh, it's on YouTube, what does it mean to be human? What if we suddenly found that we weren't the only species on this planet that was as intelligent? As, as ourselves and whatnot right and i asked him on my interview with him could you follow up on that because it's been a comment that you made that's never i've never really heard followed up and he basically went how, how do i answer this with without you know saying stuff i'm not supposed to mm-hmm. and he basically gave an analogy of imagine we see these things at different times and you see them some people see them some people don't they can be appear in all different shapes and sizes and like you say why does one appear over nightswood in glasgow right and or why are these things out in the ocean, or why are they potential over the deserts, or whatever they might be. And he mentioned, imagine a cigarette or a cigar, right? And he was like, we we know our reality exists at the point of where that cigarette or cigar is burning is like the cherry, and we exist in that moment, right? We see the, the ash is the past, that's what's already burned, and you see ahead of you the, or the, the cigarette that's still to burn. And he basically says, our reality is we know that that's just going to keep going back. We can't go back to the ash. We can't go the other way. And he basically said, what if there was another species who who perceived that differently? And imagine the point that cigar or cigarette burns. It overlaps. It's not perfectly symmetrical. Imagine there was a technology that let you see into different parts and let you exist in one place and the other. And he talked about that potentially being part of the phenomenon we are seeing. And this is the guy who ran that program for the US government. And he said himself, he's seen all these physicists and stuff explain things to him on whiteboards, and it's just been like trying to comprehend it. And he's given a bit of a hint that it might not necessarily be stuff coming from other planets, or that's not maybe the only thing happening. There might be other stuff already here that interacts with us and our reality. And that's where, you know, when there's such a, a focus on like nuclear weapons and nuclear battle groups and you talk about like the I talked about the atomic bombs and atomic energy when we kind of discovered that. And, and just last week, Lou Elizondo done an interview where he dropped for the first time that there was reports and records of uh, UFOs or UAPs over both Chernobyl and Fukushima when those plants went down. So again, he's coming out and saying that, and that's something that people are now looking into more and more is the, the nuclear aspect of it. So if something else shares our space or our planet or our reality, and we start fucking about with things with nuclear weapons, they're going to have a vested interest that we don't fuck about too much. And maybe that's why we're seeing such a rampant increase in this kind of activity, especially when it comes to the military as well. So I I would think that there's a whole load of things all going on and it's definitely not as simple as there are aliens coming from other planets or not. Right, okay. Um, I, I, so I'm going to make a, a point here that like three years ago, <clears throat> tried DMT, tried acid, tried mushrooms, right, tripping at my box, right, this, uh, it's getting there. I experience different realities, like, I, I, like honestly, different realities in in your mind, right? Everything, like things were fucked up, and one time thought I was dead, thought I was a ghost, blah blah blah. At times, I was sure that I figured out that time ha- didn't exist, right? 
is there an argument that <laughs> mushrooms or stuff like that is is the fucking aliens? You know what I mean? Is the the out there stuff, and we would need to put my put my money into that and my science into that. How much that changes? It does change the so, reality. Yes. So what you what you start to talk about, and it's a really really interesting point. It's consciousness, and those are called gateway drugs for a reason, right? It's not just a happy term, like because they expand your mind and open up different potentials. You say dimensions, realities, different mm. experiences, and there's a huge element. And again, people at Lou Elizondo have more and more talked about consciousness being an aspect of this. I mentioned at the start, some of these craft appear to be physical, i.e. nuts and bolts they've been built, whereas some of them don't appear to be physical craft at all. You know, different like plasma shapes and they fade in and out of reality and stuff like that. So so yeah, again, it's if you think there's theories, like, imagine the brain, right? You talk about a soul or consciousness. What if the brain is just a receptor? That you like can fuck about with so badly that your reality cha- your reality changes. Like, uh, I- aye. So uh, imagine you're ju- you're just a TV and your brain's a TV, right? Your TV's not making the pictures; they're receiving them from somewhere else. So imagine just you're receiving this, you're experiencing this reality because you're getting this. Your consciousness is able to be picked up by your brain. So forget the idea you're a ghost floating about in a meat skeleton, right? So. Maybe that maybe you did experience that stuff because those drugs allow you, especially DMT. DMT is a fascinating drug. I've got a guy coming on the podcast soon called Andrew Gallimore, who is an expert in DMT yeah, and a I, researcher. I don't know if fascinating is the right word, man. It's fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, well, depending on if you're taking well, it recreationally or not. No, right? well, like, the thing is, like, I, I've watched a lot of stuff about it and I see a lot of the, again, the language and, like, that sort of side of things surrounding it, it's very much like I think people taking the piss or like I don't know. People trying to look too much into it, it just fucks you up, man. <laughs> do, do, do you know? Do you know when your body produces DMT naturally? I don't know when you're dreaming. No, when you die. All right, yeah. So the last thing your body does is produce a very small amount of DMT. That changes your reality, man. So your trip. If your body's got that wee bit in you, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe I've already used it and I'm not going to get that at the end. Oh, that's that's a tragic end in that. It is. But that's so there, there's a potential that and that's where people are looking at consciousness now as a fundamental thing because it's one of those things we don't understand. I mean, try and explain fucking dreaming to somebody. Why the fuck do you dream? Why do you literally experience like I've, I've since I was a kid I've had lucid dreams, right? So I, I know sometimes when I'm dreaming that I am dreaming. If it's you could plug into my dream. I I've had that since I was a kid, right? So it's it's, it's weird though. It's, it's 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 funny, but like I could I could walk in my dream down the street and I can literally feel the pavement under my feet and stuff like that. It's it's odd, but it's just the way whatever the fuck happens happens. But again, like consciousness with this whole phenomena, what if there just is different levels of consciousness, and that is part of the conversation that guys like Lou and Chris Mellon have touched on, but it's nowhere near ready to be introduced into the mainstream. They're still trying to just talk about unidentified objects being worthy of study, let alone go down the route of what if the beings flying them aren't even in this reality? What if they get in touch with us in different ways? And I know you'd, you'd mentioned it before the podcast and stuff, right? But there's a, there's a lot of talk that, you know, abductions, <laughs> abductions don't happen physically and that it's literally your consciousness that's abducted, which is why it, people describe them as being like dreamlike states and if these beings can tap into your consciousness your 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 body never leaves the bed not necessarily and you 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 have the experience like 
DMT would have you on on mushrooms or a trip. And that's that's a potential, but that's where consciousness starts to be really murky because it's something we really don't understand. But you know what? We could probably use some really good scientific study to look into it. Could and, it not just be it. a Colin? Me, I'm, I do apologize. Like we're, you, you'll never see this video, but Colin's sitting there like that. Oh, for <laughs> fuck's sake, Jack, man, peace, peace. Because we were no, not at all. Colin done all this research, no research, but wanted to bring up fucking ET, Men in Black, the X Files, and we'll. We'll get back to it, it'll be next week because we've went nearly two hours, so this is definitely into the second part of this. We'll get to that soon. What were we just speaking about there? I fucking lost... Aye, so... Consciousness. Consciousness, DMT, so the, the alien abduction things, right? You're, have you ever had uh, uh, night terrors, basically? Where, where you? Yeah, that's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so I, I, once the odd time, yeah. Yeah, I've had that a couple of times back in... Back in, uh, um, back in the day, basically... And my reality was that somebody came in and put a black uh, bing bag over my head and was strangling me. And that was happening while I was lying in bed with my eyes open, but my body couldn't move. Could it be, could these abductions be night terrors? <laughs> Absolutely. I would say more than 90, 95. And this is just my opinion. 90, uh, 95% of any reported abductions are just psychological episodes right. or people that are batshit mental. Yep. Cool, right. but you don't you don't need ninety five percent being wrong to to disregard five percent that might be legitimate. And what would make a, sto- a story legitimate? Nothing makes a story legitimate. Well, well stories are sto- stories always going to be a story, isn't it? Depending on belief, faith, evidence, all that kind of stuff. So well, then well, we look at evidence. <laughs> so so things like physical marking, stuff being left behind in people's bodies. Again, you can see all kinds of stuff online and that, but it's. People have had stuff implanted in them that no one was there. Again, it's, it's a lot to go into. There's, there's really famous cases. Again, you look at Betty and Barney Hill was the first reported abduction. Um, they were famously an interracial couple back in the kind of 50s and 60s. And you can actually go back and watch the hypnotic or listen to the hypnotic regressions they went through that are, that are terrifying. Mm. Um, they were driving, it was a typical, they were driving along, saw a light like and ambassadizing this just for the, the purposes i'm not going into too much detail but um and getting too much wrong light over the car boom missing time they suddenly are back doing what they're doing hypnotic regression something wasn't right and yeah they'd had the, well, but well, they, well, that was well. the first reported abduction and stuff but there's been other ones like that and it's again it's it's always a story but and, and what you're saying is yeah probably most of this stuff is kind of made up but it's it's what are you looking for within it, and that's why abductions isn't something I've talked about a whole load on my podcast. To be honest, I mean, like I don't particularly, um, I don't particularly want to get into the abduction side of things. I'll just end up shouting hillbillies for. <laughs> do you think? Do you think, Andy? There's any there's any chance that there are there there are these UFOs or UAPs, but there's not there's no such thing as aliens, and basically what you're seeing is time travel, and we've got a stage in, in the future where time travel becomes a thing and what you're seeing is things from the future that are actually all human based it's nothing to do with aliens or space or anything it's but it, it actually comes down to time travel rather than aliens because a, talk a, about. a small part of me can get on board with that easier than i can get on board with the little green men i think see i think that's mental uh but that that's fair enough like um but, but you, you know should earlier on the show to interject that these um videos and stuff like that are showing things that are breaking the laws of physics 
to yeah. time travel, we you would have to break the laws of physics. So yeah, could... as yeah, and that's it. It's the, as we understand it, and then again, that's that, Colin. It's the and that's what I love watching like time travel movies and stuff because I love to see how they understand the concept because as we know we can't travel in time right other than forwards as we experience reality just now right yeah but it's how different movies look at the concept of time travel I think it's fascinating and how they do it what's the device they use like all that kind of stuff like I think you both seen Tenet didn't you yes garbage man uh, but on you go <laughs> oh right I-, I loved it but it was a bit of a head fuck right watching it the first time round as well but even just the idea of that and a different it's time travel but they're living in simultaneous realities where one's going backwards and one's going forwards and they, they so meet in the middle and it's I, yeah so there's and they don't go too much into how that works but uh, that's what i was talking about that maybe there's another species on this planet sharing our kind of reality that just lives in a different time or they experience time in a totally different way to what we understand it like I say, there's no clocks. Like time's a man-made concept, isn't it? It's just like how you're experiencing this, whatever this is. Like there's different types of theories. You talked about string theory and all that kind of stuff earlier. There's theories that literally all the time is happening in one instantaneous nanosecond, bang, and we're just experiencing all that and however we're experiencing it. But that's a whole different conversation. So I, I don't think it's us coming back for the future necessarily. Um, but I, I think there's an element of how other species experience time. And that's where when people talk about some of these objects like coming back to us, what we might perceive as objects coming to Earth 10 years, 20 years, 50 years, 100 years, maybe 10 minutes is passing for them because of the speeds they can travel at. Whereas for us, aye. So why do we not see these all the time? Well, do you know what? Maybe they're there. Maybe they are there all the time. But for us, we just don't see them because it's their time's different to ours. That's a theory. Right, we'll, we'll we'll wrap it up. Uh, this has been a, a, a... I've really enjoyed it, man. It was a good chat. Um, one final sort of wrap-up question then. Why would the government keep this... Keep it so secret, mate? Um, is it mass panic they're worried about? Is it... What is, what is their reasoning, do you think, for them keeping it so, so secret because I think it'd be pretty fucking cool if they just came out and meant look boom look at all this cool stuff blah 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 for me that would be exciting why are they um, curtailing that so I used to think it was the typical government cover ups right. te- and part of it is still like the technology aspect of it and stuff as well genuinely now I think it's it's the opposite of the government being all scary and powerful I think a lot of it they don't know and don't understand and that terrifies them if you're the the top of the military industrial complex and you've got this shit buzzing about your very best gear that you just don't know what it is, or you've got, maybe they've got an idea. I you've got an idea. <laughs> yep, and that's where they have that. Like this, this stuff's no others. It's no Russia. It's no China. And they have those conversations where it's no, it's not, and that gets passed down through the decades. And they try and study the odd craft they've got that I do think they've got. And Louis Elizondo said himself, the U.S. government's got crashed materials. How they get those is totally different conversation. It would be another half hour. But I think they know a little bit, but they don't know at all, and it probably terrifies them. Because how how do you come out and have that conversation? And I think, as well as that, just to kind of say a kind of final bit, there's also that if they come out and say, is there then 
is it confirmation or disclosure? Because confirmation is, yep, we're not alone and we need to look into this more. Or you disclose, here's what we've actually been doing for 70 years and we lied about it and we covered this up and we've had this technology and we can cure this or we can travel at this speed and then there's a whole lot of people who got a lot of fucking questions to answer, don't they? So they probably want a lot of amnesty for that kind of stuff mm. as well. That I suppose almost there's a lot of war, it's almost like war crimes. So, I mean, I, there's a lot of people out there that are very much aware that there, there are things that are there are protected for what you call national security. So maybe they just... I don't know. I wish I fucking did know. Because if I did know, I'd be fucking top banana, you know, but I'm not. Um, Your government's there to protect you and they can't protect you from this. <laughs> oh dear. If, if indeed you need protecting from it. That's it, they may be fucking super cool guys. <laughs> they may be like coming down with all these... Like that. Well, I'll leave you with a nice teaser for the next one. So <laughs> some of them some of them might be cool guys, some of them might not be, and some of them might not give a fuck. Yeah, well, that is it. That is it. We're a... Um, a wall-like race, so we're shaking ourselves in case we're doing. Aye. And that's the episode in summary, then. <laughs> <laughs> Calling in to add before we wrap this up, man. Um, we never got um, to films and, and so on and so forth, no, but we will. No, not so, yeah, not so much. Um, like kind of Jack referred to earlier, um, I wanted to sort of quiz you about different alien films, different alien TV shows, and get almost a bit like why is this nonsense why is this not real sort of thing like start my mars attacks and <laughs> we're all the way back to work in mindy right basically <laughs> um and we will do that at some point um but i thoroughly enjoyed the show um i took a little bit of a back seat and just listened to you two kind of bounce off each other thoroughly enjoyed it and if that's an indicator of what the listeners are going to hear then i think they're going to thoroughly enjoy this one so yeah thanks for coming on andy and I was going to say thanks for not being a crank, but I'd still kind of like that a wee bit. But <laughs> I, I'm glad you're not a crank. I knew you weren't, but there was always a, a, a faint hope in my heart that when you started talking about the UFOs, the crank would come out, but it didn't. But I still enjoyed it nonetheless, so thank you. Right, mate, you're Cheers, obviously that, that UFO podcast. If they just search that, they'll find you. But where can they find you on Twitter and stuff like that, mate? Uh, my Twitter's at UFO, UAP, AM. Uh, you can just, I think you can search that UFO podcast, you'll find it. Same on Facebook, Instagram, uh, part of the QTT Media Network as well these days, which is great. And if they want to go and vote for me in New Society and Culture in the QTT Awards, that would also be very much appreciated. Yeah, I think that's it. And see, when you're on that site, sign up for the newsletter, guys, will you? Just sign up. We'll not be spamming you. Just sign up for it because I'm asking you very, very nicely if you could just, oh, takes two seconds, just fucking auto bin it don't report it as spam but please um, <laughs> auto bin it I don't care if you read it just sign up for it if you're on quiteathingmedia.com right Andy cheers again mate anytime Colin as always mate cheers mate further enjoyed it right guys we'll speak to you soon cheers bye only the best pods in the best network quite the thing media.com <laughs> <laughs>